0: I guess that's gonna be good. Hello, SE Land. This is Twig. I'm doing another SE Reflections. It's a podcast series for SE practitioners, students, folks who are studying psychobiology and somatic literature, healing arts, soft scene, soft scene not penetrating with our gaze when we're sitting across from our clients. This was uh, something that I feel fortunate to have had a life as a naturalist before I came to somatic experiencing because I had already been studying soft seeing, the hunter's gaze, open attention, open awareness, um, peripheral vision practice, lots of different kinds of things that are done as one Either investigates the naturalist and kind of like bird watching, you know, open attention of mushroom picking, these kind of going out into the field and wanting to be able to see rabbits in the brush before they move, these kind of things. And also um, the specific arts of hunting where you take to field and you try and track animals that are also trying to get away from you, in which case you need to kind of maintain a more open awareness with your attention and um, particularly with your eyes. One of the early hunting tricks and lessons that I learned is that humans, modern humans, us, you and me, probably, oftentimes when we're out in the field, we, we look at the bottom line of a valley or the hillside and the top line of the hillside and we rarely read and and pay attention to the nuance in the middle of the hillside that of course is where most critters are hanging out in and uh, folks back in the day who hunted by bow and arrow and such at um, atlatl and whatnot they probably had this kind of open attention to the middle of the field where critters were hanging out and they weren't looking for the edge where it was quite so sharp and distinct and so one of the, one of the things that leads back to is this idea of trying to open the attention to see softly. Well, those those practices that I had spent a lot of time in my youth out in the, in the hills trying to play with, and I was I was trying to play with because I, I could get distracted pretty easily, but I was playing with those and uh, and when I came to SE, Somatic Experiencing, I really was impressed to find that Peter Levine is kind of a master of seeing like this and that a lot of the other practitioners who who I kind of like saw underneath him, Stephen Hoskinson, Raja Selvman, um let's see, I saw this with Diane Poolheller one time, that I could distinctly be like, Oh, they're not looking directly at the client at this moment. They're not like penetrating down into the client, although there will be time that will make eye contact and and get very focused with our attention and look directly at people and such there's this place where you'll see I'll see I was seen and and I do where where you could see that there was this kind of like softer gaze of the practitioner and there was a bit of more open awareness to see other things in the room to see other parts of the person's body than just their face to see Subtle movements that might come through, and it turns out that that's a part of what is so important in SE to develop a soft way of seeing, or to at least have access to it. Cultivate that if we don't have it naturally, or haven't haven't been trained to it. To to really put some attention to this because it's the the ability to sense or see novel change, novel stimulus, a little shadow change that makes it so that it's a little bit um, more likely, we're more likely to pick up these involuntary preparatory cues of of self-protective movement or the the kind of the the postural preparations that you see a person take take into or the micro expressions of their face as a flash of anger or contempt washes across or even you know like a a little lift of the shoulder you know a little like twitch in the finger a little movement of the foot to indicate oh you know there's a little bit of kick or something that goes on here when I come across this moment in the storyline and this activation and this tracking however it comes about to be able to not just be focusing in on the person's face with so much tight attention but in fact to have Enough open attention in the eyes to see these very subtle, nuanced things at the edge of what might be a focused attention and or a focused visual attention in this case. And it's the soft scene thing that can help with that, because one of the elements of soft scene is that you're trying to relax that tunnel vision that we can often have, particularly when we're focused in on the with the sympathetic system. And we open more the peripheral vision. We kind of relax the eyes and open the peripheral vision. And it's the peripheral vision, actually, that is much more attuned to picking up shadow and change. And therefore, like kind of grabbing the edge of our vision is actually, or using the edge of our vision, actually turning our head away from our clients, actually letting ourselves see our clients and their breath their body in the chair their posture their way of talking and moving so that we'll be able to notice when that changes somehow like a little blip or a little like a change comes through to that it's much easier to recognize those changes if we're actually looking at our clients almost sideways not exactly sideways all the time but definitely not at the center of our vision where our eyes are just in that three-degree tunnel vision where we're focused right at the center which is actually a valid place to look from at times but tends to be when you're when you're kind of focusing down on a challenge or away from that challenge toward focusing down on a specific like, you know, safety place or something. You're you're separating figure from ground. Whereas with this, what we're trying to do is kind of um, that would be like the stark landscape, right? What I just mentioned there, that that separating to get that harsh line of the modern hunter to look at the top line at the hillside or the the bottom line of the valley as compared to the allowance of the the nuance in the mid range. That's more the peripheral vision that if we're not focused in on, we're able to kind of take that in and let our bodies do what they actually already know how to do. Now this is something that a lot of us would, would probably need to spend a little bit of time, a little bit of attention to practice because, you know, driving culture, corridor culture, computer culture, reading on iPads and iPhones even reading in general these things are all a concentrated orientation of our vision and rarely do we just kind of let either the freedom of orientation happen where we just let our eyes go wherever they want to go or rarely do we allow our vision not exactly to blur but to relax enough that we pick up more and in picking up more we might not catch the exact detail of the focused vision but we will catch the changes that might happen out in the field in front of us over the years i've come across a lot of different ways that uh, in the SEU groups and outside of them people practice cultivating this kind of um, soft seeing open attention i used to teach a fun workshop where we'd sit in the field and look at these kind of ways probably do something like that again someday but for now maybe I mentioned just a few of these one if you're just in a space to try it out you know you bring your fingers your arms out in front of you stretch your arms out in front of you and you take a you take a look at your thumbs maybe and now you're just gonna slowly expand your hands away from one another, opening your arms out, and just watching to see how far you can see your thumbs on both sides as your arms roll out to the side of you. And you're just trying to, like, let your vision field relax enough that you're able to, you know, just kind of test that range. What's the outside edge there? And then to kind of just notice that you can still see everything that's in front of you but it's somehow a little bit softer. That's one. Very basic. From there, you can play with moving your head, you know, like having little movements and keeping or playing with allowing your eyes to stay in that kind of more open zone, but not just keeping your head and neck fixated while doing so, but allow, in fact, your eyes and your head and neck to move a little bit while you have that same or you practice with that open attention or open visual, I don't know what to call it, that opening of your eyes that you are able to see your thumb off to the right at your side and off to the left. Now, for some of us, that's going to be more narrow. For some of us, that's going to be broader. If you're wearing glasses, obviously there'll be a little influence there, et cetera, et cetera. But not to get locked down as you play with this, because the whole point of this is to relax the soft scene a little bit, you know, to relax the visual system. It's a ventral vagal kind of stance as far as I can possibly tell, I possibly imagine you're just trying to enhance a little bit of the ventral vagal's influence in terms of how the eyes are focusing here. Well, another another way to practice is to kind of pick up on things that are of interest in the environment and follow their meandering line, like let's see, uh, a wonderful, wonderful woman that was in the Bay Area trainings for a little while. That really special. She had a cool chair that she'd cruise around in. We were we were out at the Mercy Center one time, and she taught me about the meandering line. And uh, we were we were out there walking through the through the oak trees there. And she'd say, look at how interesting that tree is to look at. And I'd say, oh, that's entirely true. It's totally interesting. She'd say, see, when it's like that, you can follow the meandering line. And she, she taught me about how you could, you could grab hold of, uh, of one part, line on the tree And then you could just trace it with your eyes all the way along the trunk and the stem and out to the branches and around the leaves and then back around and all the way down. And of course, one meandering line can go to another. So you could come down to this, the roots off onto the grass, and then you could follow the hillside and the line that's on there and then find that the building has a meandering line to go up the edge and around the roof. And you could just kind of like play with allowing your eyes to have something to follow. And now it's a, it's a kind of focus thing. It's not that wide open thing. But to do this and to have some flow, you have to relax your eyes a little bit. And you have to let yourself not exactly know where you're going until you get to the next place. So there's a, there's like a softness to it. And one of the nice things that I often find is that it gives me a nice breath somewhere along the track of following that meandering line. It's a lovely little way to get a little parasympathetic hit. In taking with the meandering line, one of the things that often happens in SE sessions for me, or at least earlier on, was that that I would get into a sequence with somebody and I'd get my focus would get tighter. And I would start to predict, I would try to imagine what was supposed to happen, almost as if I could try to see it myself. A, a Kind of a poor idea, really. Um, good to be inside of the curiosity. A little bit too tight in my attention and too directive with it in fact and one of the things that helped over time was to take in that if I'm tracking uh, say a bird that's flying across the sky this would be an uh, open soft-seeing exercise that I would do I I would and I'd still do it a bird flitters across in front of me and rather than just seeing the bird maybe trying to identify the bird instead following the bird as far as I can continue to see it. You know, maybe it goes behind a tree or over the hillside or behind a building or something, so my visual time with that bird is only a moment or two. But rather than me being the person or the reason that I don't continue to watch the bird, I will wait until the bird is no longer inside my view. And by doing this, I get this thing where I'm trying to practice that I triggered by a shadow of movement happening that's the bird flying that calls my attention i spontaneously turn my head to see that bird flying that's a startle kind of orientation response that's all involuntary at that point it's probably because i've become more attracted over the years of paying attention to birds so that might be a part that i need to have in there rather than that those birds move around and I don't pay any attention to them, but in fact they're moving around you all the time, You even in the cities, or got birds that are passing by your view, and if you allow that to be a trigger that then calls your attention to turn and watch the bird to see then if you can just allow your eyes, sure, keep your head and neck free while you do this, to allow your eyes to just continue to watch what would essentially be the meandering line, the track of the bird as it flies off around in front of you. And then to see if you can just stay with that to follow it all the way to its kind of conclusion. Which, and sometimes I think about that just exactly like that in sessions, is that I'm trying to keep this open attention. That little movement of the shoulder catches my eye that triggers me to say, I'm going to continue to follow and pay attention to what's going to come out of that over time not yet knowing what that's going to be but keeping enough patience and open attention to see how that develops sometimes it becomes clearer faster sometimes you track into that quicker other times you leave it for later but nevertheless that trigger and then the, the, the could be something that comes through cuz you see the shadow that changed the movement of that and then also that you can keep track of that over time and stay with it until it becomes the thing that you go, oh, that's done now. My personal favorite for practicing, kind of enjoying soft-seeing is along rivers, cloudscapes, oceans, waves. You know, it's there's a certain helpfulness in the, those zones for the zoning out part of it, and that's not exactly what I'm looking for here. There's a place for zoning out, in fact, I like to zone out in all those forms especially, but the, this is more about like trying to see how much you can see of those shifting, moving forms, how much you can see of them at one time. And that's, that becomes really um, valuable inside of a session when your attention just gets that much more relaxed where you can see that much more of a person's body all at once so that if you if you're taking them all in and and their breath kind of doesn't just come into their chest but you see it roll into their belly and you see the like the increased sense of weight into their chair as they are sitting there with that slightly deeper breath you get like a more you get a stronger feedback of what's happening in terms of their you know oscillation and cycling their their pendulation so the broader our attention can get to hold more at once without having to focus in on one and stay just on that one, but to be able to open back out and then focus in, as with the bird, should that become necessary to like track that one shoulder movement or whatnot. But the, but the broader place to start is definitely in this soft scene, open-focus kind of way. Rivers, clouds, open spaces, the wheat and the fields on the Palouse and out in the plains. Lovely stuff. Lovely place to track this kind of thing. And finally, maybe the last thing I'll say here about soft scene or practice thereof is, is the um, walking with a certain amount of relaxation in the eyes and the face to pick up the peripheral vision as you're moving through even corridors and office buildings and hallways, but then maybe like the street or the subway or your you know it's it's a little trickier when you're driving. We both dissociate with when we're driving and tunnel vision down while we're driving. It's a little stranger to keep that open attention. Don't know even if I have any advocation for that. But inside of this kind of like where you're where you're in your own house, in your field, in your garden and such, if you can play sometimes intentionally with allowing yourself to move through the landscape to be able to, or the world around you, to be able to kind of see more than just the focused vision of what you are supposed to be paying attention to kind of right in front of you, that may give a little bit of practice for when you're encountering people to be able to see more of them at once rather than penetrating down into their face, and as with so much in somatic perception in this kind of therapeutic way of perceiving bodies and organisms, all the way from rolfing and somatic experiencing and somatics, and, you know, just every different kind of somatic-oriented read of the body, Paget and all of the rest, we're... We're needing to be able to see the entire organism and how it moves through space. And if we have the tendency to focus in on the lips or focus in on the eyes or focus in on the face when we're talking or meeting somebody, we might be missing all of this other information that would be coming from their breath rate and their tension in their shoulders and their hunch or their forwardness of chest or, you know, the the drag of one hip or another as they're walking and, you know, the kind of the... The smoothness or like uh, jumblingness that comes through as they move through space; these things are all very important information for us at the beginning and later on, and our ability to see that early is going to influence our capacity to both recognize what can and can't happen early on in our sessions, because all of those. Markers are, you know, kind of a comment about the what's going on inside the nervous system in a lot of ways. And then secondly, it'll tell us how things are now after our sessions compared to how things were. Or so how we perceive them to be when we first met. Open scene, soft scene, open focus, peripheral vision, letting that three to seven degree focus tunnel vision just go wider every once in a while. Relaxing the eyes, relaxing the face, following the meandering line, not knowing exactly where we're going, letting a bird take your vision off into the distance, letting yourself move at the same time as you relax in your eyes. I'm gonna go do some of that myself now. Take care. Yes! Yes, episode 25, yes. Anthony Twig Wheeler here. Twig's S.E. Reflections. www.liberationispossible.org backslash reflections. Coincidentally, also backslash S.E. Reflections. The internet, such an interesting place. So many different ways to get to the same location. If you want to send me a comment, a question, feedback... I'd love to hear from you. Head on over there, wwwliberationispossibleorg screflections That's me now. Get up, get up. Later, Gator. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Oh, well, if you're going to stick around, I'll, I'll share a story. I, I share stories. You know there was a day that I really felt the impact of somatic experiencing on my soft scene and I had been working on open field tracking and open awareness for for a decade maybe maybe more I suppose more and and I had always I had always tried to track animals in the field and and I got really good at track identification and even at the techniques of tracking but I never could actually do the process where you follow one track to the next for not just 20 feet, but more like the entire day where you could follow this animal as far as it might go. And that is a thing that your ancestors and my ancestors used to do. We have that. Our nervous systems are built for that. It's a creative act that uses most of the things that we're so excited about from all of our technologies and abilities to focus and and our meditation practices and all these things they're all built right into this thing that our ancestors used to do all the time which is just to track an animal across the landscape for hour after hour sometimes days after day and so wow I couldn't do it very well, even though I was working on it for a very long time, until when uh, some period after I had been doing quite a lot of SE, I went out for a hunt with a friend of mine, and he took, in fact, not a great shot and wounded an animal, a deer, who then took off over the mountainside, through the snow at first, but then went over onto the south side of the hill where the snow was gone, off into very difficult terrain to track what became an ever dwindling blood trail from the wound as the hours went on and i tracked that deer for i don't know i think we figured out maybe like 6 to 8 hours step after step little tiny drop after little tiny drop on a on a pellet on a on the track of another deer on the the branch of a tiny little twig or the leaflet of a dry mountainside plant, dusky, hard, hard, hard conditions to do. And along the way, the fog would be rolling in in the the November kind of weather, and it was hard to see. It was hard to feel. There was a lot of of noise in the environment even though it was silent it was a silent landscape with some wind and there was this effort where I was trying to keep my open focus while at the same time I needed to create this concentrated focus that would allow me to distinguish which track I was following through the myriad of other signs and signals in the landscape and it got stressful there were times that I was just like kind of spinning a little vertigo, and I would pause. I would massage my jaw. And I would relax. And in doing so, the loss of the trail that had come up on me, and I was losing it inside of myself in that vertigo kind of sense, once it all came down and relaxed, my open focus could pick up that little spot of blood on the ground, just feet in front of me, having been there the whole time, suddenly completely obvious to me at that moment. And I just did that over and over again. Every time I would lose the trail, every time the signal from the land would become too much, every time I would get too stressed out, every time my vision would get too tight, I would pause. I would say to myself you're just getting activated and that's not gonna help and you really need to fix this you really need to find the end of this trail you really do need to relax and then I would think to myself what would I do to relax and I would remember in sessions often seeing Peter Levine massaging his jaw in my interpretation relaxing his system so that his ventral vagal complex could have a little bit more peripheral vision so that he could see his clients just a little bit better from the edge of his eyes and so standing out there in the cold wind massaging my jaw I would relax myself find my breath and there oh would be the next sign whereas my practice of looking in that different, softer kind of way, soft seeing, definitely helped me with my SE practice and studies. Definitely SE helped me get my nervous system where I could be that relaxed. I hope you'll enjoy letting your eyes take a look around.